Hello and welcome to the Broadway Binge Podcast. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Hannah. And we are going to tell you the history of American musical theater by reviewing and ranking all of the most important musicals from Showboat to today. Today we'll be talking about On the Town, opened in 1943 with music by Leonard Bernstein, book and lyrics by Betty Comden and Adolph Green. Uh, I wrote directed by George. Oh, directed by George Abbott. I just, Abbott. There's an intro script. I forgot to type his last name. So it's directed by George, and it's choreographed by Jerome Robbins, uh, based on Jerome Robbins' idea for his 1944 ballet, Fancy Free, which was set to Bernstein's music. Um, although I also made it note. I might as well get this out of the way. Uh, Comden Green didn't write all of the lyrics. Bernstein himself wrote the lyrics to I Can Cook Too. So. One of the best songs in the show, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, also worth noting, um, this is uh, Jeremy and my first time recording from the same location. I am in New York, uh, coming to you, not really live, uh, but uh, we are for the first time recording on the same microphone and not virtually over a... Uh, what do we do? Skype. A Skype call? Well, no, no, we do Google Hangouts. Google Hangouts. Yeah, because your Skype wasn't working. My Skype wasn't working. I think this it would be better real... than Google Hangouts, but <laughs> we'll work on that in the This future. is the real tea for you uh, dedicated listeners. This is also our first time recording since the podcast has gone live. Yeah. Um, before everything you've heard from us, we didn't know if we'd have any listeners. <laughs> uh, now we know that we have 40 listeners. We have listeners. 40 listeners. Yeah. There we go. Hello to all of you. And, and, and on the up and up. Hopefully. On the up and up. Um, <laughs> every day in every way. Um, another thing I want to mention, I want to give a shout out to Farron Pearl for the unbelievably good cover art she made for us. Yeah, she's a fabulous uh, uh, comic book artist. Uh, isn't she? Yeah, animator. Like, she does storyboards for DreamWorks, is she DreamWorks right now. Yeah, I don't know. Look her up. She's yeah, I think she fabulous. On, I think she worked on the Puss in Boots TV show. Yeah, so um, big deal. Big deal. Check her out. I'm sure there's going to be people um, who just like only check out this podcast because the cover art looks so professional so that, they, that they assume that we are professionals when actually we're just well, like idiots uh, uh, and uh, uh, Farron uh, uh. is a professional. Farron's the real professional. Um, we just have brunch. Yeah. Although Hannah's a professional. I don't know if we've really talked about this, this but is true, Hannah's yeah. actually a professional actress, playwright, uh, producer of her own uh, works. Um, very well reviewed in the Philly scene. Oh, thank you, Jeremy. I mostly make work in Philadelphia. I've done a little bit of work in New York. Uh, it's true that I would like to spend my whole life making theater. Um, Jeremy is a lawyer, but um, also the smartest person I know, and probably oh, the biggest stop. musical geek I know. Now that we're in the same that's place, not true. We that's can not be true. Nice to each other. Um, I guess maybe I'm in the process of becoming the biggest musical. In the process, geek. Yeah. I'm all about learning. I love yeah. to learn. Um, okay, so on the town. Um, yeah, this show's fine. We sort right. of, <laughs> we sort of felt like we should do it. It was like because you know we're going chronologically. This was like. The next one. We skipped Bloomer Girl. We did. Oh, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, I so didn't like, even I mean, know that we skipped it. Like, at the time, back in the 40s and 50s, people really thought that Bloomer Girl was like, you know, like, like oh, we have great new shows like Oklahoma and Bloomer Girl that are like really pushing the medium forward. Like, now no one knows about Bloomer Girl. So, like, I sort of just figured, like, you know, if, if we become super popular and the audience is clamoring for Bloomer, Bloomer Girl, Girl in, like, 2018, we might go back and do a Bloomer Girl retrospective. But for now, on the town. Um, yes. Yeah, I will say I think doing On the Town feels apropos. Um, we were just watching the uh, Tony performance from 2015, so it is a show that's been re- recently revived and feels like a part of the canon that uh, contemporary musical theater is returning to and calling upon. So um, I had heard of On the Town, for example, um, so I feel good about us talking about it. Today. Yeah, and I um, saw the... Uh University of Pennsylvania oh. uh, Theater Arts Department's 2011 oh, performance. Right, Sorry, right. Uh, Sarah Outing. Sarah and, Outing. And Brooks shout and out to Sarah Outing. Barry Slaff. Well, I, th- I think Barry Slaff is a listener, actually. I hope so. Um, Barry Slaff, shout out to you. Yeah, I was actually really impressed when you guys did that. Uh, Great work. 
that uh, mm-hmm. performance about mm-hmm. the town. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, we'll do a quick little rundown about like the Great. history. Um, I don't want to waste like too much time on this. Um, so th- what's really interesting about this show and a reason why it's important we talk about it is because this is the very first show a lot of people who were then later more famous for other shows, this is where they all got their start. Mm. So Comden and Green, um, they've been called the longest exclusive creative partnership in the history of American theater. They worked together for over 50 years. Um, this was their first show together, writing the, the book and lyrics, and they also both appeared in the show. Um, basic, if you don't know On the Town, the basic idea is it's three sailors who have uh, shore leave for one day in New York City, and each of the three sailors wants to like get with a New York girl, and they all succeed. Um, it's a <laughs> Spoiler alert. Love, love and happiness. And um, the, the couple, I believe the couple who sings Carried Away, um, is uh, Comden and Green. Let's uh, play a little bit of Carried Away, and you can hear what Comden and Green sound like in real life. I just skipped <laughs> That's Betty Comden. You mean, sometimes you blow your top, like me. <laughs> and that's Adolph Green. I do. I try hard to stay controlled, but I get carried away. Try to We're testing out a new system where we can talk <laughs> over the music and listen to it together. I think it's going really well so far. Oh, this Okay, that's all I want. I right. just want to get to that part. Um, I don't know. Shout out to Betty Comden for her um, ferocious R. Yeah, R, R sound. She's like really good. You would She's think. She's fabulous. Yeah. Because they're not famous for being actors. They no. became super famous writers. Um, mm-hmm. They uh, here's here's some shows they wrote like books and lyrics for. Uh, movies and so two movies, Singing in the Rain, what? obviously the Bandwagon. Those are movies. And then stage shows, Wonderful Town, which is also Bernstein later on. Uh, they did some of the work in the Peter Pan musical. The Mary, Mar- Mary Martin, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, applause mm-hmm. on the 20th century. I didn't know that. And they, they also uh, did the book and lyrics for a weird 1980s musical called A Doll's Life, which was a sequel to A Doll's House. That's direct- fascinating. Directed by Harold Prince. And I actually just went to see A Doll's House Part 2 on Broadway like a few days ago and loved it. You loved it. I but A Doll's Life was a notorious flop. Like Prince, <laughs> Comden and Green's worst show ever. So, Interesting. Um, Interesting. And these two met... Bernstein, um, okay, so Adolph Green, I guess, worked on a camp with Bernstein, and he was friends with Betty, and the three of them made this, like, little Greenwich Village, like, company called The Reviewers, and that was, like, how they all became friends, and they were all comedians and loved it. Hmm. Um, Yeah, I guess now let's go to... I like this date. I'm looking at Jeremy's uh, meticulous notes. Um, Jeremy does all the hard work. I just uh, make snide remarks here. But I noticed that he made the note that um, uh, Comden and Green were not a romantic couple. Um, she was married and had kids, which I think is fascinating. Yeah. I think that's very interesting. Yeah. And I wonder if that's part of why they were so prolific. Not to say that a couple can't make beautiful work together. That's been theorized, I think, by Mr. Stemple, Larry Stemple, who I get. Um, he's like my textbook guy who I use. Great. Um, so I just want to give you viewers a little bit of insight. Um, I'm here at Jeremy's podcasting office. Um, <laughs> to our left is an open book on a stool that's just called Great Jews in Music uh, by David Lyman. Daryl Lyman. Daryl. I just acquired that book. <laughs> um, I inherited that book from my grandparents. That's... Just just like, just in. like two weeks ago. Oh so, my. So now I have that book, and I'm going to have a good anecdote shortly. So um, shortly. Leonard Bernstein. So okay. you guys know him. You listeners most likely know him as the person who did West Side Story. Right. Um, but he's also, you know, the probably most famous American-born and American-trained composer, conductor, author, music lecturer, pianist. 
He was the music director of the New York Philharmonic for a long time. Um, born in Lawrence, Massachusetts, raised in Boston, he played piano from childhood, major, majored in music at Harvard. Um, he then, you know, like met Adolph Green. He was this up-and-coming guy. Everyone at Harvard, and then later he was at the Curtis Institute of Music in Philadelphia, everyone sort of knew that he was going to be like the big composer of the future. Um, and uh, he basically got an assisting gig at the New York Philharmonic for um, a more famous guy. He was very young. He was like 23, 24, 25 at the time. Jeremy has picked up the, uh, the book, Great Jews in Music, and he is uh, perusing as we speak. Yes, so he was um, started out as the assistant uh, music director for the New York Philharmonic, but because of his rising reputation, he was pushing the actual Philharmonic music director, Radzinski, out of the limelight. So this, mm -hmm. is a, this is a quote from the book, Great Jews in Music. Already an unstable soul, Radzinski, in a fit of jealousy, physically attacked Bernstein and attempted to strangle him in a dressing room. Bernstein, partly to end the organization's backstage tension and partly to broaden his own conducting activities, resigned from the New York Philharmonic in 1944 after only one season. Drama. Wow. So he was literally strangled in the dressing room of the Philharmonic by the conductor. So That's fascinating. That's pretty crazy. New York um, Philharmonic, lots of drama. So that was 1944, and mm -hmm. 1944 was a real crazy year for him. He did a whole bunch then. So in 1944, he got that gig, quit that gig at the Philharmonic, um, and he also, in January of that year, opened his first symphony that he composed, the Jeremiah Symphony. He opened it in Philly in January of 1944, conducted it himself, and this year was jam-packed for him because in April of 1944, he began a collaboration with another person who did their very first Broadway show in this year, Jerome Robbins. That's so, interesting. So, uh, uh -huh, uh -huh. quick Jerome Robbins, born Jerome Wilson Rabinowitz on the Upper East Side, Madison 97th, right near where we are right now. Right actually. near where we are right now. Um, and he legally, his family legally changed the name to Robbins in the 40s, but he studied modern dance. He started to study chemistry at NYU, but dropped out after a year for financial reasons and pursued dance full-time, joined the company of Senya Gluck-Sandor, doing expressionistic modern dancing. He danced in a weekly review in the Poconos, Broadway choruses, and choreographed some dances. Uh, became a soloist with the Ballet Theater. Um, and now we catch up to 1944. So this is where, where, this is where it comes together. Here we are. So Jerome Robbins decided he wanted to do a ballet about three uh, sailors who were you know, on shore leave for a day. Same exact plot of On the Town. He was loosely inspired by a 1934 painting by Paul Cadmus called The Fleets Inn. Um, I'm going to post a picture of that painting on broadwaybinge.podbean.com if you want to see the painting that inspired all this. So he got the young Bernstein. They did this ballet together. Um, so just to give you a sense of how fast this is all happening, Bernstein opened his first symphony, Jeremiah Symphony, in January 1944. Fancy Free, which is the ballet with Jerome Robbins, opened in April 1944. And then they decided, you know what, this ballet was good. Let's write an entire original Broadway show based around this ballet which opened in April, and the Broadway show opened in December of that same year. They made, the, they made and opened an entire hit Broadway show in like seven months. It's making me think back to Showboat and how Showboat was an adaptation of a novel, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. Um, yeah. So was Oklahoma. So was Oklahoma. So Green a lot Girl of the these Lilacs. early, right, right, right. A lot of these early uh, Broadway shows are adaptations. Yes. Uh, which is very interesting because I think uh, that's sort of now in vogue again on Broadway, we see all these adaptations of movies, um, and I wonder if it's it feels it feels relevant. Yeah, and we criticize. I mean, I don't know, like not right. me personally, but people often criticize Broadway for just 
relying on these hit movies. And at the time, they were relying on hit books. Yeah. Um, next week, we're going to talk about Carousel, which was based on a hit play. Mm. Oh, no, Oklahoma was based on a play, which was based on a book. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's just, for me, it's interesting to see how, like, Broadway's always been about recycling pop culture. Yeah. Um, and in some ways, perhaps we could argue, maybe at a later point, that um, it's actually at its best and most functional when it's doing that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Musings for the future. Wait, I said, quote, okay, hey, fill time. All right, I'm going to fill time because Jeremy oh, is going to get a, uh, a book to read a quote. Um, and while he does that, um, I'm going to share my thoughts on On the Town. Yeah, um, I just just rewatched um, the video of the Tony performance, uh, which was a very exciting moment for me. Um, I was struck by how joyful the show is. Um, and while that's not usually my style of, uh, of show, I do think it's remarkable for its enormous uh, joviality. I was reading a Ben Brantley quote about the revival um, where he said just that, that um, the revival really got at the true essence of the show, which was truly just uh, a piece that was expressive of joy. Yeah, and so Jeremy's back now. I'm right? back. So here's a quote from uh, good old Larry Stemple's book, Showtime, the History of Broadway Musical Theater, which I rely on about. Um, and this talks about uh, Jerome Robbins' impact on, on the town, um, because Jerome Robbins would later become really famous for directing and choreographing. Um, that was sort of his thing. He's a big director, choreographer. Mm. At this point, George Abbott, the famous director we talked about uh, for Pal Joey, also directed this one. But uh, uh, Jerome Robbins still had his impact. So someone uh, called this, uh, critic Louis Biancoli referred to On the Town as a ballet comedy. And this is what he said. A ballet comedy. He says, by that I mean the sense of kinetic action is felt even where ballet isn't the featured actor. Dialogue and song often appear geared to a dynamic pattern, as if any moment things will blaze again into dance. Ballet is as much embedded in the fabric as is the music, maybe more so. Ordinarily, in a standard musical, you're not surprised when talk suddenly modulates to song. Anyone can break out singing in a nostalgic monologue or romantic duet, and you feel that's the way it should be. Song becomes a kind of heightened speech, set by the mood and the surroundings. And on the town, you feel that way about the dance. Hmm. So this musical put dance at the forefront in the way that most musicals put music at the forefront. It's interesting, too, to think about that coming off the heels of Oklahoma. Uh, we talked a lot in our last episode about the um, expressive dance in Oklahoma and the way it was paired with the story and the music and uh, the ways in which that was innovative. Um, it seems like On the Town perhaps took that even further, or even like On the Town really was about dance in a way that Oklahoma was about you know marrying plot with some moments of expressive dance. On the Town was a ballet, and then they later uh, layered in song and music and made it a musical, but at its heart, it was a dance piece. Yeah, and the music, I mean, Bernstein's obviously like one of the great masters of like composing of all human history, <laughs> but the, the songs in this, they're not like that memorable. They're not... <laughs> No. They're not something you go home humming. Should we play a couple? Yeah, of them? let's 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 look at the hits. Let's start with um, New York, New York, which is the one you've heard of. What time is it? One minute to six. Oh, here we go. Yeah, okay, that was it. All right, great. 
You get the point. So that's New York, New York, the most famous one. Mm-hmm. Um, you might have heard that there was a movie version of this, um, oh, also starring uh, Frank Sinatra, I believe. Frank Sinatra. Just like uh, the Pal Joey movie we didn't watch. We also didn't watch <laughs> the Frank Sinatra on the town movie. Uh, sorry, Brendan Fitzpatrick. Sorry, Brendan. <laughs> Thanks again for tweeting at us. But Thanks, we, Brendan. We're still not watching uh, the Sinatra. <laughs> so like that movie, um, the person who wrote, and I think I have his name, um, but he did a lot of like MGM uh, movies. Um, of this show. Yeah, so um, he did not like the Bernstein songs. Bernstein wasn't super famous yet, so he could sort of just, like, he had the liberty to just cut out a bunch of Bernstein songs, which he thought were too complicated and not, like, for the common people enough. So Roger Edens wrote his own original songs mm-hmm. and only kept three of the originals, uh, one of them being New York, New York, and I forget the other two. Um, the show was, this movie was directed by Gene Kelly, um, mm-hmm. and it starred Sinatra, Gene Kelly, Betty Garrett, and Ann Miller, um, and uh, AFI in their best musicals list of 2006 ranked this as the 19th best movie musical of all time. I've never seen this movie, but I'm sure they're wrong about that. How could it possibly yeah, be? Yeah, I just don't agree with that at all, but that's fine. Um, number 19. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, so I'll get to this next thing I have this in my notes. great. I was um, just reading about this. Yeah, so this is um, On the Town was super diverse, and this can sort of be credited to uh, Jerome Robbins. Um, Jerome Robbins was absolutely insistent that uh, this musical have the same diversity as like the actual diversity of people in New York. Because e- even in the 40s, New York was you know, a super diverse city. Um, so the original town, um, the original production of On the Town had a racially diverse cast, intentional avoidance of racial stereotypes. Uh, and the Japanese-American dancer, Sono Osato, starred as Ivy, uh, one of the three main um, girls in the show. is the mm-hmm. three guys and three women, and one of them was Sono Osato, who is Japanese-American. Uh, There were six African-Americans in the cast who were treated as part of the citizenry. Um, And nine months into the run, the African-American conductor, Everett Lee, took over at the podium, which was, you know, totally unprecedented. I don't want to, like, officially say that had never happened before because I don't have that fact in front of me. Mm. But it sounds like something that would be pretty new. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely worth noting um, compared to the other shows we've been looking at thus far. uh, It seems like On the Town uh, represents like a marked departure from the total whitewashing um, or the, you know, the total uh, stereotyping that we saw in um, Blow Gabriel Blow. Come on, come on, come on. Anything goes. Anything goes, thank you. Yeah, yeah, so the the clips we've played already, actually, so there was no original cast album for this, Mm -hmm. but in 1960, like 16 years later, uh, Bernstein, Comden, and Green, and then Nancy Walker, um, all who was in the original cast, all came together to just record mm-hmm. the show in a studio. Um, so this is the people you've heard are basically the original cast, just you know years later. Well, worth noting though, I was just reading about this on Wikipedia, great resource. Um, there was a revival of On the Town that featured uh, Bernadette Peters. That was one of her first yeah. um, big breaks. She played one of the women, uh, and there was a bunch of other famous people in it. Who? I don't remember either. I, I sort of know you're talking. Actually, we might. I, I think I actually made it. Probably that. Let's look it up history. Yeah, it's just interesting. Like in some. Oh ways. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the 1971 revival mm-hmm. only ran for 73 performances. Was not a hit, but it starred Donna McKechnie, Phyllis Newman, and Bernadette Peters as the three women. Right, and I remember the review because the review was said that um, while the production was subpar, um, it was really notable for its performances, particularly from the women. Yes. Um, and most of all, they really enjoyed uh, Bernadette Peters. Uh, which makes sense because she's a goddess. Um, so I'm going to play a little clip. This is the part that I think Bernadette Peters probably played. It was originally played by Nancy Walker, who was like a big comedian of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called "Come Up to My Place." It's a it's a good song, very interesting. So I'm just gonna. 
She's like driving him in a taxi. That doesn't scan. <laughs> Adorable. So she's trying to get, uh, she's a taxi driver and she's trying to take him home so she can sleep with him and he wants to see all the New York sights. Right. Um, <laughs> clever. And there's like wordplay later on. Like in the first part, he's like, hey, what did you stop for? And then the next time it's like, hey, what for did you stop? And like it keeps like getting like, um, like weird combinations <laughs> of that same. Right. Line kind of clever by Common and Green. Um, sure, I'll yeah. give it to him. So, um, also, uh, I can cook too. Another clever song. Oh, yeah. I think we should listen to a bit of that. Let's do that. Yeah, um, known for its uh, double entendres. And the lyrics uh, allegedly are by Leonard Bernstein. Oh, I love this song. All right. All right, lots of fun. Yeah. I love a good uh, uh, sexual metaphor uh, about cooking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right, let's so get into it. Let's yeah. get into it. So what do we think of On the Town, Jeremy? It's fine. <laughs> on the Town's fine. Like, like, I had a good time when I went to go see it live, but, you, you know. You saw it live? Yeah, but at Penn. Oh, right, at Penn. We've already yeah. discussed this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I it's mean. It's fine. I think it's a fun time. Um, you know, the dancing's really beautiful. Um, I don't know. It's obviously super heteronormative, but uh, welcome to Broadway. Um yeah, it's a fun time. I mean, I do think, like, I imagine it was popular at the time because it really celebrated New York, also, like, from the view of a visitor. You know what I mean? So I imagine, like, seeing this musical at the time, it was, you know, like, really celebrating your hometown, right? Yeah, and if you if you were, like, coming, if you were an out-of-town tourist That's seeing I mean, a Broadway yeah. show, exactly. yeah, this would be very, like, like, oh, wow, I'm in New York watching a show about New York. Yeah. I do have the line in New York, New York, uh, it's like the people riding a hole in the ground. That's good. Yeah. That's good stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It's classic. It's yeah. very, like, I mean, it's interesting now because I think of it as classic Broadway, but I feel like we keep talking about, uh, you know, each each of these shows was, quote, unquote, innovative at the time. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about it is so lasting? Is it just that it's fun and uh, sort of self-celebratory? I think in part it's because everyone loves Bernstein for other reasons mm. and because, like, this is his first musical, everyone just feels like they should do it more mm -hmm. that might be that might not be true i'm sure like there are people who genuinely love the show and just put it up because they genuinely love it it is fun but if it wasn't by bernstein if it had the exact same opening and impact but the person who made it was someone else i don't know if we'd still be seeing it so much but now when you think like oh bernstein's the best because he did west side story right what are his other things let's put up his other shows too the mm -hmm. first one you're going to do is on the town because candide's a little too vocally challenging and Wonderful Town's kind of just the poor man's version of On the Town. Mm -hmm. And no one's ever heard of the 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. So, Would you say this is the In the Heights to his Hamilton? Yeah. That's <laughs> I also good, really like In the Heights. but <laughs> I think In the Heights is better than this. Correct. But 
Yeah, I would. Yeah, that's like mm-hmm. a good. That's a good comparison. Right, yeah. right. Hamilton's the magnum opus. Although I don't know, Lin Manuel. I'm sure you've got a hundred million other tricks up your sleeve. You should probably speak up more. I'm sure you have a hundred million tricks up your sleeve. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do we want to get into a little more of the specifics of the plot? I mean, I sort of. It's sort of not that important. I no, think, it's is not. The point. It's just silly fun, uh, back and forth, tit for tat. Um, you know, I mean, I think it kind of encapsulates like the American dream at the time, right? Like you could be. A traveler, um, you could come into town for a night and you know make it big. Uh, you could get laid, um, yeah. So I don't know. It's sort of fast and loose. Um, I wonder, like, did it feel uh, you know avant garde in any way at the time? Like we've talked about how Pal Joey seemed really seedy and sexual um, in a way that was really uh, you know a big deal at the time. Do we feel that way about on the town? I don't know if the plot pushed. Um, if anything, this. So this sort of doesn't take the torch Oklahoma had of an integrated yeah. show. This doesn't sort of carry that torch further. Mm. The torch I do think it carried in sort of advanced Broadway is the dance elements. Right. Like mm-hmm. the quote I said about Jerome Robbins, you can sort of point to Oklahoma as the beginning. Like Oklahoma and Agnes, Agnes DeMille was the choreographer of that mm-hmm. and incorporated these long ballet sequences. Just The show would just be interrupted and you'd have a ballet where people's sort of inner thoughts would be played out. Right. They're like dreams and like desires were played out in ballet form. This took that and sort of went even further with it because it was really based around a ballet and Jerome Robbins was such an influence. Um, mm. Whereas with that one, I mean, like, Rogers and Hammerstein were going to do whatever they were going to do and, like, Agnes... Like, they would have done Oklahoma with or without Agnes DeMille, but this was really a Jerome Robbins-based musical. So those you have multiple ballets and they're very long. Mm-hmm. I'm on the studio recording, like, half of the length of the studio album is just background music that played during ballets. Right. Well, two thoughts to that end. Yeah. I mean, could you say then, uh, I'm thinking about like an American in Paris, right? Like, which is a contemporary show that's um, on Broadway. Is it still on Broadway? I think it's closed. Oh, I think it closed. But all ballet based. So would you say like uh, an American in Paris probably wouldn't have existed without On the Town? Yeah, I would. Yeah. Okay. Uh, wait, so the American, so there was a movie of American in Paris with Gene Kelly. Do you know? Right. Actually, I'm embarrassed I don't know this. Was the new musical like the same thing as the movie, but just put on stage? I think so, but we should check on that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it is based on the movie. I'm pretty sure we could check on that, and then I could go back in and edit to like <coughs> so that we could get it right. Mm-hmm. Um, last week there was a point where um, <laughs> me and Hannah were talking about the show that Richard Rogers worked on with Stephen mm-hmm. Sondheim, mm-hmm. and she thought it might be The Frogs, and I was like, I don't know, I'll look it up later. Right. Um, you might if you listen to that episode, uh, you'll you'll realize that I went back in and edited that it was. Um, I've already forgotten what it, what it, it was. It doesn't matter. Um, also, Hannah and I, not Hannah and me. I'm so sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah, and I, okay. I like pretended. <laughs> I, I went back and edited the podcast to make it seem like I actually knew the right. answer, um, but I really made that up later. <laughs> so we're not gonna. We're not even gonna do that. This You're gonna. Time. This is uncut. You know. Um, yeah. If you want to know, just look at. I don't even remember what we're talking about. But whatever <laughs> we were, if you want to know the answer, you can look it up yourself. You have that okay. power. Okay. Another thought I had. Let's get back on track here. My second thought. Um, was I don't know if it merits discussion, but you know the idea of like it's a ballet musical, but also about like really classic masculinity, right? Like we have these mm-hmm. sailors who are the sort of the epitome of um, I don't know, you know, strong patriotic American youth. And this is during World War Two. World War Two, and they're dancing and they're doing ballet, um, and so maybe that's worth unpacking a little bit. Like, is that significant? Um, the idea of like the iconic image of on the town, right, is like the leaping uh, sailor, you know, and. For me, like the idea of a, of a, a sailor doing ballet is uh, kind of fun and exciting. Yeah, um, and well, because they're very dopey sailors, right? Sure. Yeah, they're very dopey. yeah, very inoffensive. Um, like they're not very masculine. Is the thing they're kind of like like 
Adolf Green, I'm guess I'm assuming he was Jewish. I'm, I actually don't know. Sure. I mean, um, it depends what you define as masculine, which is a construct. Anyway, but yeah, anyway, yeah. I don't. Do you want to unpack this? Because I don't really. You, no, you, I mean, you, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that I have massive thoughts about it. I guess that that's just something that occurred to me talking about it and thinking about it as a ballet musical, um, and also feels relevant to our discussion of Oklahoma, like we were talking about, you know, cowboys doing ballet, um, cowboys doing ballet, sailors doing ballet. To me, that feels um, sort of like. In a, in a cool and maybe exciting way, uh, like kind of like the quintessential American musical, or maybe what, what we can look at during this sort of difficult and uh, uh, complicated time in musical history and pull as like something that's pretty cool and fun. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, this and Oklahoma are very much like during World War II, like let's show the best of America. Um, and it's going to be interesting when we do Carousel next week. <laughs> yeah. And that we see sort of like, both we're gonna see the good happy people of Maine, but then also right. like we're gonna see a, like a terrible person. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, okay. To that end, is there anything like dark and seedy to on the town that we want to address? I don't think no. so. I think it's just a lot of fluff, you know. Yeah, I, don't, I don't. I don't have much more to say. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we could milk this longer. And but, we actually um, considered not doing this episode. I don't want to make you feel like we're wasting your time. We're not like, wasting your time. You're getting valuable. You're getting valuable stuff. Valuable stuff. You you learned about Bernstein, and now later on when we talk about like Bernstein and Jerome Robbins in the future, we don't need to go over their childhood bios right. again. We can sort of just go from 1944 onwards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, should we just rate it? I think we should get to the rating. I think we should uh, yeah, let's wrap not, it up. Let's not waste your time. Okay. Yeah. Um, I haven't even thought about these. Okay, so the first one is, was it important? We're mm-hmm. each going to give it a score from 1 to 10 on how important we think it was to like the future of Broadway. All right. I mean, okay, I'm ready. I'm going to say 6. I was going to say 6 and a half. Wow. Okay. So, Great. Wait, should I write this down? Uh, oh, he's going to write it down. Uh, okay. okay, well, I will talk about my score. I would say 6.5 because of the dance element and like thinking today, we were just talking about American in Paris or like... Uh, you know, there's a, a slew of other musicals that incorporate uh, lyric dance as, uh, you know, totally um, intrinsic to the story of the play, right? And uh, I think it's significant that On the Town developed that form. And that's exactly why I gave it a six. Yeah. Um, like, it advanced things in the dance direction. It also didn't sort of take us, after we had Showboat, um, Broadway sort of reverted back to the way it was before Showboat. It had no lasting mm. effect. Post-Oklahoma, Broadway actually did change. And while this isn't like super, like that sort of integrated musical play kind of thing, mm-hmm. it didn't take us backwards. It was very much like the creators of this, of this recognized that they were in a post-Oklahoma world and they mm-hmm. had to sort of step up their game and deliver something different and more dancey than they would have done in like 42. Right. So, um, mm-hmm. All right, the next thing, we're each going to give it a score from 1 to 10 on was it good? Relative to other shows in its day, in was its it time. good? In its time, was it good? Um, I'm actually going to interrupt uh, I got another book uh, <laughs> this one my dad just had I went home for a little bit of time so my dad just gave me this book it's called Opening Night on Broadway by Stephen Suskin and he what he did is he took all of the the most important reviews of like every musical from Oklahoma to Fiddler on the Roof hmm. and like wrote them down so here are some little snippets of what people thought about um, on the town uh, so John Chapman of the Daily News said not even the ministrations of Abel George Abbott as director, nor the presence of such enjoyable players as Sono Osato or Nancy Walker can make On the Town anything but a dullish musical comedy. All right. Okay. And he goes on. Um, then Louis Cronenberger says, On the Town is not only much the best musical of the year, it is one of the freshest, gayest, liveliest musicals I've ever seen. Hmm. Louis Nichols says, There can be no mistake about it. On the Town is the freshest and most engaging musical show to come this way since the golden day of Oklahoma. 
hmm. um, so on and so forth. And then um, this this nice author he collect he does a Broadway scorecard at the end. So he said there were three raves, three favorable reviews, one mixed review, and one pan. That's interesting. So I don't know. But I, the tricky thing about this book is now it's going to like right. inform what score we give it instead I mean, of us independently. It's good to be informed. Yeah. I take no issue with that. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. so we're saying was it uh, was, was it good, good at its time? At its time. At its time, was it good? I mean, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and give it a. Um, uh, I mean, I'm torn between a seven and a half and an eight. What, you got? Uh, it. Well, I'm gonna give it an eight. Okay. Yeah, I'll give it an eight. I mean, I do think okay. like people thought it was pretty outstanding for the time, right? Yeah, like everyone was saying, like most people were saying it was the best thing ever, and then one guy said he hated it. That <laughs> strikes me. As, although, I mean, we can't let that influence everything. Like, right. <laughs> if I think, like, I thought Oklahoma was a ten last week correct um and if i had read this book first i would have realized that some people didn't like oklahoma as much but like i don't want to let this book influence be gone yeah my numbers <laughs> too much i don't even know if we'll use it in the future i mean it was interesting though maybe we read it afterwards yeah oh yeah okay. oh we both say how we think it would have mm-hmm. been and then we see what then the we see what it actually was be. oh that's like actually that. that's good there idea. it is you've seen look, look at this evolution oh before we go into our final score um mm. In week one, we decided we were going to do a segment where we say what role we'd want to play, and then oh, we totally dropped that. Did we? Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. I would want to play one of the sailors. I don't care. Which and I would one. want. That's funny you said that because I was going to say I would want to play the woman in the taxi that's cab. That's great. I would love that for uh, us. <laughs> what if I was the woman in the taxi cab? I would. And then play you the were the guy in the sailor. That's great. To the sights. Okay. Um, maybe on a future episode, Jeremy and I will do it. <laughs> the hippodrome. The hippodrome. Okay. Um, now we're gonna say, is it good today? If okay. the show opened on Broadway today, I mean, like, how good would it be? One yeah, to ten. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Five. I'm gonna give it a four. I'm giving it a five. Okay. Those are. Yeah. We're pretty in lockstep I'd, on this well, one. Yeah. I'd say. I'd say uh, across the board. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, like it recently opened. It was very good, and people enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, Shout out to Rebecca Adelsheim, who's probably not listening, but I know uh, worked a little bit on the Broadway revival, um, and I remember talking to her about uh, how much joy there was in the production. Um, it's certainly not my taste, per se, but I do think there is a place for this type of work, um, and uh, you know, I think it can be executed in a way that's uh, really great. I think this is the first time Hannah's ever given a higher total score than me. Is that true? Yeah, you gave it 19.5, I gave it 18. Am I usually lower? Yeah, you usually are. Well, I don't know. Um, I must be feeling good today. But not by much. So if we add those together, I think that would be uh, 36 plus 1.5. I'm thinking it's 37.5, yep. but I might mm-hmm. be incorrect. No, that's good. Good okay, yeah. I'm um, watching. Here, I, I'm able to slot that in, actually. Let's see what our other scores are. Great. Um, I have this like fancy Microsoft OneNote oh, situation work. going on. My girlfriend told me about OneNote. <laughs> I'm also trying to get everyone at work to start doing their legal research on Microsoft OneNote. But <laughs> How's like, that going? Well, I've only told my office mate so far, and mm-hmm. she just like wasn't into it. So, well, but I'm going to hear first. I'm going to keep going. Where am I going? Show list. Show um, list. Okay, so we have our scores from past okay. shows. Yes. So this, so we just the one we just did on the town is 37.5. Um, that beats anything goes, which had a 37. Mm-hmm. Um, it's third place now, so it loses. Third place. So Showboat had 42, and Oklahoma's in first place with 51. Mm-hmm. This is in third place with 37.5. Anything goes 37. Then Pal Joey, 33, and Porgy and Bess in last at 26. And it's worth noting, I think, in our rankings so far, what seems to be really making the difference is the was it innovative in the day, right? Like, like we look at like Oklahoma and Showboat, uh, and those both had very high 9 or 10 scores. Yeah. Um, 
you know, revolving really around like its role in its own time. So that is, I think, what's making the difference yeah. in our rankings. Agreed. Because we've mm-hmm. basically said that everything is bad today. <laughs> yeah. We have not yet come across a musical that we were like, oh, you know what I want to see today? That musical. Yeah, Oklahoma was our best because we gave Oklahoma 6 and 6.5 for today. But then we gave it, oh no, I'm looking at Showboat. We gave Showboat twos yeah, we for gave today. Show, yeah, um, I think appropriately so. Yeah, the, and we've basically given everything, and the reason Porgy and Bess is in last is that every other show we've said was really good for its time. Yeah. But Porgy and Bess, we actually don't think it was good for its time. Mm-hmm. So that's why that one's in last place. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's it. All um, right, folks. No no Twitter comments this time. So um, get your Twitter com- Oh, so next week we're doing Carousel. Yes, we are. Um, if you're interested, you can see the Carousel movie. Um, it's on YouTube for free. Or if you feel guilty about that, it's on Amazon <laughs> and all those things. If you want to give your um, money somewhere. If you want, have two hours to kill and you want to be ready for Carousel, you can watch that movie. Um, if you find the movie too boring, like within five <laughs> minutes, I don't blame you. You can instead just like listen to some like greatest hits on YouTube or something. Um, but yeah, wait, I'm going to have like a final speech. Great. He's got a final yeah. speech coming at you in three, two, one. Don't forget you can get every episode of our show on your phone by subscribing to Broadway Binge on any podcast app. You can see pictures, episodes, and more on our website, broadwaybinge.podbean.com, and follow us on Twitter at Broadway underscore binge. Um, You can leave us comments there, and we will read your comments on the air as long as they are appropriate. (laughs) Um, We'll also really appreciate if you could rate and review the podcast on iTunes, which will help us to get new listeners. Thank you all for listening to Broadway Binge, and we'll see you next week for Carousel. All right. 